During these midweek talks, I want to come back repeatedly to the book of Proverbs and just be processing through it. The book of Proverbs is an amazing book. It's quoted quite a few times in the New Testament, and so it's meant to be carried forward. The wisdom in it is meant to be carried forward into um, life knowing Jesus and following Jesus. And I, I, I love this book, and I am deeply intrigued by it, but I also find it very challenging. And I don't mean kind of morally challenging. It's just such a unique and different kind of literature, a different kind of book. And so I find it challenging to, to persevere in studying it. You know, these proverbs in the book require attention. They take work. And here I am, you know, grew up on television and video games with my self-inflicted borderline ADD. And I long to be able to mine out of Proverbs everything that God has for me in it. But it takes work. And so I want to use these midweeks to just kind of dive into it and process through the book of Proverbs with you. Um, The book of Proverbs is meant to create a kind of person. And you can see that in the initial few verses. I mean, verse number one of the first chapter is just a description of who wrote it, and it's predominantly written by Solomon. There's some later collections and some other authors at the end of the book, but the main sections of it were made by Solomon. But in verse two, it starts with the the mission of the book, and the mission of the book really is to create a sage, to create a wise woman, to create a wise man. And you can uh, understand that when you read this, It says, verses 2 through 6, to know wisdom and instruction and to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands gain, obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And so it's saying there's a kind of person who doesn't get it. And this book is here to help them get it, to become wise. And there are also people who are wise. They're well along the journey, but they too can come into this book and find deeper learning, can have increase in their understanding. And so this is really about character formation. It's really interesting. You know, the Hebrew word for a proverb is a mashal. And the Hebrew word for ruling is to mashal. Um, they're, they're connected. The word to be a ruler, to be a king, is connected to the word for proverb. And I think the idea is that, you know, a, a ruler, a good ruler will be wise. And he'll be continually making these judgments and coining these phrases and delivering righteousness and justice. And so there's this connection between the speech of the wise and ruling through wisdom. And so there's this connection here. It's very interesting. But the key for me is that we're, we're meant to know that the book of Proverbs is about, about soul craft and about dealing with the character faults and the failures, the moral failures that um, young people deal with in order to create out of their life a a wise person, a sage, a wise woman, a wise man. And in verse 7, we get the key idea of the entire book, and that's this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That phrase, that idea, the fear of the Lord, is the key idea of this entire book. 
And as Bruce Walke said, you know, I lean very heavily on his two-part commentary on Proverbs. He says, you know, the fear of the Lord is more than just fear and the Lord put together. It's the same way that uh, when you want to study a butterfly, you don't study butter and you don't study flying. Um, Those words together mean something different than those two things. And so the fear of the Lord is its own concept that you need to get. And there's kind of a few ingredients in there. The first ingredient of the fear of the Lord is that um, it has to do with revelation. And so in Psalm 19, if you remember Psalm 19, you're reading through the psalm and there's this beautiful praising of God about his word. And so it says this, starting in verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And so there's all these different words and ideas about God having revealed himself through Scripture, God having revealed himself through speech, and how good it is, and how potent it is, and how impacting it is. And then it says this, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And so we're supposed to hear that and go, hey, there's something going on there. The fear of the Lord is equated with his rules, his precepts, his commandments, and his law. And so there's something about the fear of the Lord that is revelation-based. It acknowledges that God has communicated who he is and what he requires of us. He's communicated right and wrong. He's communicated his duties and he's revealed himself to us. So if you and I, we don't come to terms with the fact that God has spoken, we'll never have the fear of the Lord. The true fear of the Lord depends on knowing that God has revealed himself through he is. And he's given us the name, the Lord, to reveal who he is. And so when we feel fear the Lord, we're not just kind of uh, afraid of the Lord. We're realizing that he has revealed who he is. And we want to take seriously this revelation. We want to be taught. We want to learn. We want to be corrected. That's kind of the first ingredient. Um, The other ingredient that makes this just different than just regular fear is this intense loyalty that is involved in the fear of the Lord. So if you go over to Deuteronomy in the days of Moses, Deuteronomy, uh, Moses is speaking and he says this, this is chapter 10, verse 12. He says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Okay, so this is revelation. The Lord is revealing what he requires of Israel as a nation. That's the first ingredient of the fear of the Lord, right? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord with, your, with all your heart and with all your soul. Now for us, when we think about fear, we think of something as this is in opposition to love, okay? But because the fear of the Lord is about loyalty, Loyalty to a God who's revealed himself. Moses can do this. He can say, God requires you to fear him, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve him with your whole heart. And these things are all together ingredients in the fear of the Lord. You walk in his ways, you love him, and you serve him with heart-level devotion, okay? So the fear of the Lord isn't just being afraid of him. It's knowing that he's revealed himself and having this loving loyalty towards him. Okay, and if there's a third ingredient, I think there is, it's also this reverence, all right? 
it's kind of, there is a true fear in there. You know that God is so awesome and holy that if you ignore him or reject him, it's not going to go well. He's God. I remember um, within the first couple of years of getting my driver's license, I crashed my dad's car. I think it was cars plural, actually, about three times. And, uh, you know, the first time it's a mistake. The second time it was dumb. But the third time, that's when it's getting annoying, okay? And that's when you, you really don't want to admit that you crashed your dad's car again. But, you know, even when I, I think I was on a slippery road and I was made it turn too fast and I slid into a barrier, um, even though the last thing I wanted to do was tell my dad what had happened, you know, I feared him. I loved him. I was loyal to him. And I knew that this was his car and he had a right <laughs> to be upset with me if he wanted to, or to do whatever he wanted to. I was his son, and this was his car that I was borrowing. It didn't belong to me. And so I had the fear of my dad, if you want to put it that way. I loved my dad. Um, I knew him. I knew he, he would care that I crashed his car. But I had to go and tell him because it, was, it belonged to him. It's his right to be my dad and to respond however he wanted to about the vehicle. And so there's, there's the fear of the Lord for you. We, we believe that God has revealed himself in a particular way and called us to a particular kind of response. And we're loyal to him in love and service. And we tremble. We tremble in his presence knowing that he's more powerful than anything, more holy than anything, and that we just cannot ignore him. And this is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, says the book of Proverbs. It's the foundation of it. It's where it all flows out of. So as we work through the book of Proverbs, know this. Okay, God is working on your soul to bring you to a place where you truly believe in his revelation, where you're growing in your heart-level devotion to who he is and what he said and what he's required. And we grow to tremble, knowing that if we ignore the words of God, it won't go well. Be blessed.